2: Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
3: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, hour number two. All right, let's get started off. Let's go down to Port O'Connor. Hadn't talked to Lynn in a couple of weeks. He uh, had a little vacation he went on. Good morning, Lynn. How you doing, buddy? good man
4: how you doing mick
3: oh I've, it is a fiddle and twice as high strung
5: <laughs>
3: as bob <laughs> well, good to used be... to say every morning
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good to be back in paradise i guarantee you it really is what you, did you go to back.
3: did you go across the big pond or what
4: i did i went across the big pond man we went to uh, barcelona yeah and and uh went to athens and and uh, went over to Greece and, and uh, went to Santorini and, and just kind of hopped around, you know. Dang, I bet that was nice.
3: It, it is. It I was. heard that's some beautiful uh, countryside.
4: It is. It really is. And uh, I wouldn't want to deal with their gas prices. Uh,
3: yeah, what was gas gasoline was, over there?
4: $8 a gallon.
3: Oh, my goodness gracious.
4: Yeah. <laughs> 8
3: Eight dollars a gallon. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to that. That's nuts. Well, you should have stopped off in France before you come home and went and uh, watched the riots over there. Well, I kind of Oh, it's bad, man. Is Our it? media Doesn't report on it. I just get you know news alerts on my phone sometimes, and uh, it's bad over there. Oh man.
4: Yeah, uh, we don't need that. No, we don't need that. No, but uh, but anyway, it was a good trip except we got ready to work our way back to Santorini and, and uh, we got ready to catch a plane from there back to Athens. And, and uh, of all things, the uh, airport uh, workers decided to strike.
3: So, oh.
2: uh,
4: yeah, so I said, well, what's <laughs> the uh, earliest we can catch a flight back to Athens? Well, probably about three days. Oh, my goodness, you know. Well, they got these ferry boats. So I said, well, heck, let's take a ferry boat, overnight boat. So we did that and got back to Athens, and that wasn't bad. But uh, anyway, it worked out. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a beautiful place over there, but I'll tell you what, you wouldn't want to drive over there, I'll guarantee you that. No,
3: that's, uh, you talk well, about that's nervous, when right? uh, uh, not being energy independent it cost you right there, buddy.
4: Ooh, boy. I'm telling you. And, man, they zip in and out of those cars. And motorcycles are are going in between the cars. And, uh, man, I was a nervous wreck. (laughs) But, anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm so
3: thankful that uh, people around here, that driving's bad enough. But, uh, man, you go to these foreign countries, and it'll scare the heck out of you riding in a cab or something with a cabbie. Oh. Good Lord, Lord, where'd y'all get your driver's license? Western Auto? <laughs> oh, I'm
4: telling you. Incredible. It's kind of funny. You know, over there, They, of course, everybody asks you, well, where are you from? Well, you know, being, we're from Texas. Everybody, instead of saying the States, everybody says Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. But uh, anyway, we had a good time. It was a good trip.
3: Yeah. Well, that's good.
4: Pretty, pretty countryside. Pretty countryside. And, you know, we're, we're a, a very young country, and uh, we don't realize just how young this country is. Right. And uh, we were having dinner at this one restaurant, and a really pretty little restaurant, and, and this woman that owned the restaurant kind of took a liking to us, and she was a really nice lady. And, and uh, we were having a bottle of wine, and, and she said, Oh, you need to see my wine cellar. And uh, her wine cellar was 400 years old. My goodness. And I said, you've got to be kidding. She said, oh, no, come on. So she gave us a tour of her wine cellar. Oh, you're talking about incredible. Uh-uh-uh. Oh, this is unbelievable. I mean, these people are just, I mean, they're so far ahead of us. I mean, way back there. 400 years old. And <laughs> uh, unbelievable. We are a very young country we really are. Yeah, we are. No doubt. Yeah. But uh very nice people and uh, and they like Americans too. So Did you see a through.
3: did you see a lot That's of EVs people. over there electric vehicles or most of them gas powered?
4: Well, in Barcelona, uh you saw a lot of electric and uh, all the taxis were electric. Huh. But uh but you got over to um, the grease and everything it, everything was gas. Mhm. Yeah, I didn't see but maybe two electric. But uh, that was kind of weird.
3: Yeah, that may be something for the future but now is not the time. I mean, I mean, Ford Motor no. Company's really biting the bullet on on EVs the last couple of oh, years I know. billions of dollars in losses. It's just oh, not, yeah. it's just not time yet. And no. It, uh uh. Uh-uh. Well, it takes fossil fuels I, uh, to make all that stuff and to charge it all. I mean it's uh nothing changes other than what you're yeah. driving.
4: Yeah, of course this was spring break and there were a lot of a lot of young kids, you know, on spring break and mm-hmm. and uh I was standing in line at one of the airports and, and there was a young girl behind me and she was from California and uh I asked her, I said, uh, well you got your electric car yet? And <laughs> she said, No. And she said, uh I'm kind of fighting that. I, I really don't want to until they make me. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I said, I know a guy that uh, that uh, went to change his batteries on his electric car, and uh, they cost $28,000 Yeah. to change out the batteries. And she said, well, that's the price of a new car. I said, that's right.
3: Pretty much. That's right. Yeah. Pretty much. And, yeah, pretty much. We're not there yet. No. No, we're not. We did ride in a
4: in a taxi one one time there in Barcelona. That was a Tesla.
3: A Tesla taxi, a man, high dollar uh-huh. taxi. <laughs>
4: I'm telling you, it had a lot of get up and go, but yeah. uh, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to own it. Mm-mm.
3: No, no, no.
4: But uh, but anyway, <clears throat> yeah. It uh, I don't want an electric car. Count me out.
3: No way, Jose. Well, they're already uh, experimenting with electric outboards now, too.
4: Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt no it.
3: smaller versions, but uh, we'll see on that also. Huh? So, jury's still no out I- on all this stuff.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, while I was gone, I had uh, I had some buddies of mine install me a new uh, 36-volt trolling motor mm-hmm. while I was gone, so... uh I'm glad I got that done. So I've been needing that.
3: The only way to roll, 36 volts. You oh, know, absolutely. people all the time, they'll be rigging a smaller boat than what I run, you know, and said, man, think I can get by with a 24-volt trolling motor on it. I said, yeah, you probably could, but uh, why not just go ahead and go with 36 and have that extra power and extra, uh, you know, reserve, extra battery. Absolutely. And, yeah, uh, and
4: and I got. Then by later with on it, down I the
3: line, by. they thanked me for that. Said, "Man, that's I'm glad I spent the extra money and got the 36 volt. The only way to go." Oh,
4: absolutely, yeah,
3: and I got by with a
4: 24 for several years. Yeah, but it just wasn't quite enough. You
3: know, no, it really wasn't. And uh, so,
4: anyway, and that 24, uh, 24 volt,
3: if once it heated
4: up, if you had a pretty strong current and uh, that 24-volt would heat up, it would shut down. Yeah. It'll Sometimes shut down they'll
3: trip bit. the breaker. Yep. You know, if That's you've right. got those installed on it. That's exactly right. Yep.
4: That's right. So I said, man, i got to, I got to go with 36.
3: Well, the thing so with the anyway, 24 I'm- is you'd have to run them uh, higher than you normally would with the 36, and then that, that causes heat and all that amperage and everything. And That's right. uh It'll cause it to shut down on the circuit board or or trip the breaker for it. You know, if you had one of those breaker systems, and it's just, uh, that's right. And trolling motors aren't made to just put them on wide open and run them that way for a long period of time, and then you'll have trouble. And, and, uh, it just, uh, I like having that extra power if you need it. If the wind gets up or whatever, you can, uh, you can boost it on up and, and circle back around and set up on your fish again, but, that's right. Yep.
4: Oh, it's, they sure are nice. Uh, one of my customers, every time he comes down to Port O'Connor, he'd want me to run his boat. And, uh, I, I took him out in his boat one time and, and, uh, we went out in the pass. and, and uh, I put the, the anchor mode on, on his, uh, trolling motor. He said, what mm-hmm. are you doing? I said, we're anchored up. He said, what? I said, we're anchored up. <laughs> he
3: didn't know he had that feature. <laughs> uh, uh-uh.
4: uh, <laughs> and, uh, he told me several months later. He said, "That's the best function you ever showed me on that trolling motor."
3: <laughs> Everybody swears by them. I, I guess I might have to step up one of these days. If I can ever wear mine out, I mean, they just, you know, I have such good luck out of. Them. I ended up wearing the brackets out from up and down before the trolling motor ever goes bad.
4: Hmm. Yeah, that
3: anchor mode, boy. That's a
4: that's a great function, man. Yeah, it is. It is. It is that. I use the heck out of that. <clears throat> yeah. Cause boy, you can ease along. Spot you block.
3: Know.
4: It is man. You can ease along and hit some fish and hit that anchor mode, boy, and just lock you right in one spot.
3: Yeah. Awesome.
4: It is. It is that. So anyway, I, uh, I got back, and <clears throat> took my boat out, and tried the new trolling motor out and, and, uh, started looking for fish and, and, uh, I'm talking with all my buddies. It's uh, been slow. It's yeah. kind of slow. So, uh, even yesterday, uh, the weather looked good. And, uh, but, uh, my, my buddies, uh, had a tough time yesterday.
3: And the last couple of days, uh, Blaine had a good day on his birthday yesterday. I'll be talking to him in the six o'clock hour, but, uh, he went with a buddy of his, and they they had a really good trip. They they stumbled up on them pretty well. He said it wasn't great, but he said everywhere you stopped, you'd catch two or three, you know, nice fish, and then move on. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they stayed busy. They got a lot of bites, so soft plastic well, is that kind of deal.
4: Yeah, well, I ran back in some of the lakes and and uh, some of uh, my favorite spots, and just kind of looking more than anything just uh looking to see if the reds are back in there where i thought they would be and uh and saw some fish so Mm -hmm. it's uh you know april's coming and and april's when i really start fishing really and uh i have my first charter coming up here next week and uh i start fishing in april and that's
3: uh, good so
4: so i'm i'm looking forward to this
3: bumping grind baby
4: that's it man gotta get going yeah i started making money instead of spending it
3: <laughs> well, yeah you know? speaking of that let me let me get this next ber- this break going and i'll uh come back to you hang on Lynn. i'll be right back right, with man. you brother all right man well you know it's another innovation from cigar the proven leader in saltwater leader material introducing their new gold label leader it's cigar's thinnest leader material yet it's 18 percent thinner and 17% stronger than any other cigar leader. That means it's even less visible underwater. It creates more natural presentations for better catch rates, especially in clear water on leader-shy fish. And the new Go label, it's made with exclusive Seaguar fluorocarbon resins in a double-structure process, which provides exceptional knot and tensile strength, yet it's soft and it cinches easily for fail-safe knots. Get Cigar Go label at your favorite tackle dealer. You can learn more online at cigar.com. Call
1: from mom. Answer it.
6: Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
6: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
3: Good morning and welcome back to the sports radio six ten outdoor show all right, five eighteen here in the Bayou city all right, Mr. Lynn Smith. We are back, yes, sir,
4: yes, sir. well, I'm about ready to get after those fish, man. I'm ready to get back in the fishing mode yeah, <laughs> put my but, rifles uh, up
3: yeah all the all the rifles and shotguns everything's cleaned up and locked away in the safes and it's it's time to get with it got a text from a caller uh Dan he said uh, good morning captains. just wondering what lure choices do you both like in uh the months of April and May Oh man Well all the I, above, I throw off yeah,
4: exactly
3: <laughs> exactly Well April and May you're kind of winding down from corky fishing you know using corkies yep. a lot and some of the oh, baits yeah. that you uh Normally, throw like February, you know, March, you know, colder water temps, even January, December. Well, corkies work all the time if you'll just use them, but there's better alternatives, you know. It's, I mean, day in and day out, big or little fish, it's hard to beat a soft plastic bait. We all know that. That's just, that's oh, absolutely, up. but, uh, you know, it's, um uh, man, I like a lot of, like the lilies and the Hot Rods, Soft Deans, Miradines, I mean, soft plastics, top waters, you know, whether it's a, a small image size top water, you know, it depends on the bait fish, too, that the fish feeding no. on. Uh, right. You know, a little Spook <clears throat> Junior or Spitting Image. I mean, not Spitting Image. I, I don't know why I said Spitting Image. We used to throw those a lot, though, by the way. I don't ever throw them like we used to, but, uh, you know, it just there, there's a, there's just so much to throw. You can't throw it all. I mean, I've got it all. I just don't throw it all. I just kind of get out there and feel my way around. And water clarity, you know, wind, are calm. You know, I like those smaller topwaters when it's real calm, and then you slow them down. You don't work them as fast. And uh, you know, who knows? It, it, you just yeah. throw it. You're yeah, whatever down. they want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly Let the fish dictated you know oh yeah for sure
4: yeah I uh, I ran back in the in the lagoon oh, a couple of days ago and of course that water is just gin clear you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know so I didn't see a whole lot of bait and I didn't see a lot of action but uh, I threw top water and uh, I got a little bit of a little bit of a blow up not too much, but no takers, you know? Right. And, uh, sometimes that water is just a little bit too clear, but it, it was just absolutely gin clear and you can see the sand pockets and whatever, but, uh, you know, they were, the fish just weren't, weren't active, you know, they're not active at all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just that time of the year, you know, it's just, we, uh, we get back in there and, and hopefully that, um, that activity will start picking up in the next couple of weeks. I think it will. Right. <clears throat> we get uh, get that wind blowing up along these shorelines, and I did uh, I did see some reds along the shorelines, protected shorelines. But uh, last year, about this time of the year, I was uh, scouting, trying to find some reds, and and uh, I caught a about a 26 inch trout throwing top water and uh i didn't even want to touch her i just shook her off you know right. she just had it right up to the boat and i just shook her off but uh, she was a pretty trout but uh you know they're in there it's just few and far between but they're in there
3: yeah this time of year so up and down and iffy I mean, it you, is. you can fish an area and go, man, I know those fish are here. I can't believe we're not getting any bites, you know. And But
5: mm-hmm. you can tell
3: the bait's real lethargic. It's just laying around what bait is there. There's no activity. You can come back yeah. to it three or four hours later and, and uh, hit it just right, you know. Oh, yeah.
4: Well, you know, you can see
3: a lot of times you can
4: see those big fish swimming right underneath the bait, too. And the bait's not even nervous, you know. Right. They're just not feeding, you know. And not feed them I, uh, I was wading the shoreline one day and had uh, had a lot of mullet rafting along the shoreline, and uh, I could see I could see something pink uh, in these sand pockets when, when all this bait was uh, rafted up, mm-hmm. and every time I'd throw in there, I'd catch a trout, and uh, I kept throwing where I could see this pink, and uh, I'd catch a trout. And uh, finally, I got up there fairly close, and I could I could see what it was, and it was about a 18 inch trout, and he had a pink key hung in his mouth.
3: Unreal. Somebody broke him off. Uh huh. Boy, I had that was that was uh, an inferior knot or some bad fishing line to break off an 18 inch trout. Now I know it, <laughs> <laughs> I know it. But he wouldn't hit anything. No, he no, had enough. He had sore mouth. <laughs>
4: He did. He did that.
3: His mouth may have been pinned shut with him treble hooked. You never know. That's, that's right.
4: Could have been. Yep.
3: Yeah, I've seen but I kept throwing scenes. at
4: him, but he wouldn't hit anything. No. Yeah. I thought, boy, this could be a, a, a double a double yammy here, boy. I'd catch him and the corky.
3: Yeah, you get know. you a corky. That's better than the fish. The that's price right. Of baits <laughs> these days.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I wonder how the uh, Legend Tournament turned out.
3: It, uh, I think uh, Clark and them won it again, you know, that crew. They were duking it out yesterday with uh, Steckler and Watkins and that crew, and I never mm-hmm. did see the final results on it. I've been surfing around looking for it this morning for it to pop up. But uh, it was pretty tough for most I mean, after oh, yeah. day one, I saw where they only half the field caught fish. Hmm. Yeah. I think there were some boats in it, 46 boats, I believe.
4: Yeah. Some of them were running all the way to Bassin.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> That's a run.
3: Yeah, it is.
4: That's a pretty good run
3: and go-fast boats. Well, they do it. Well, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And, they were, and they go fast.
4: Oh, gosh, I was talking yes. to
3: Cliff Webb yesterday, and he saw uh, it had to be Eric Simmons with a two 450Rs come flying by, 100-plus mile-an-hour boat. Mm-mm-mm.
4: Mm. Man.
3: I used to Big think, rooster tail. Remember, we used to think 60 and 70 was just unbelievable. Now that's oh, cruising yeah. speed for these guys.
4: Yeah.
3: Mm. That's trolling speed
4: for those guys.
3: Trolling. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm. Uh, everything's changed. That's
3: That's crazy. Yeah, it is.
4: I can't imagine going that fast. <laughs>
3: Well, I have before. I didn't like it very much. I remember Lake and Bay had a little uh, 20-foot Boca Grand. Cliff ran one of those, but Jimmy Lloyd had one, and I fished with him in a tournament one time, and I didn't like that very much. Mm -hmm. sitting 70 miles an hour, and and Lloyd only knows one speed, idle or wide open. No matter how rough it is, it doesn't matter. He's, He's gone. He's on the step man yeah man well, i'm not a speed demon
4: i'll
3: tell you that <laughs> yeah not me i used to be the older i get to, and i like that cruising speed about 28 to 35 <laughs> yeah, i hear you I hadn't found I any fish you. at 50 or 60 or they better yep. be thick if i find them at that speed Well yep. it's always too rough to run that fast you know up in my neck of the woods, it gets rough up my way. I'd rather oh, have yeah. a, boat, a good V under I you like, and a uh, smooth ride rather than the speed and the rough. I
4: can't imagine running across San Antonio Bay, you know, on a rough day. They do it. Mm. They do it. Man, that'll get your attention. Yeah, it will. Man, oh,
3: man. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, boy. Strange things no. that we've seen on the water over the years. You know how it just it changes. The fishing stays pretty much the same. Fish always uh, live at the same haunts, same areas, same migrations, all that. But boy, the way we uh, approach them nowadays is for the better. You know, we got you know the equipment and. Everything that we use now is just so much more dependable and better and efficient, and it's, uh, as far as the fish, yep. they hadn't changed at yep. all.
4: Yeah, they make that equipment so much better. Mm-hmm.
3: We were talking yesterday, y'all will be going back to your old limits August 31st this year.
4: Oh, is yeah. that right?
3: Yeah. Back down to 15 inches and five fish again. Oh, man. At least y'all'll be able to keep a, you know, a trophy fish. Somebody wants to get mounted, you know, a fish over twenty three. Now it's twenty five for good. us. We can still keep one over twenty five up here. But
4: oh, that'll be good.
3: Yeah, I always wondered hmm. how that would uh, work out with that uh, restriction, like it is, and somebody catches a new state record, and you can't even keep it to weigh it in. Yeah,
4: yeah yeah I wondered about that too. yeah, it'd be my luck. you know sure. I'd catch a new state record and I'd turn it loose.
3: <laughs> well, I just have to take the ticket. <laughs> wonder if they'd yeah. still honor the state record because you broke the law to weigh it in. <laughs> wonder how that would work.
4: I don't know. I now don't just write know.
3: me a ticket. This one's going on the wall, but the bad thing about it you keep a fish like that, they take it away from you. yeah, mm mm-hmm. mm. Man, oh, man.
4: <laughs> Boy, howdy. <do> you... <clears throat> oh, man. I hate to – it sounds like that would probably happen to me. You know, I'd catch a new state record and have to cut him loose.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell, yep. anything, anything but... new going on in port O'Connor? you all still growing?
4: Oh, we're still growing. Still happening.
3: Man, I, I had not been there in years. I need to stop in there and just look at it. Somebody was telling me you wouldn't even recognize it from the old Troutmaster days.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's still growing. It's still growing, no doubt. But uh, all it'll take is one big storm, you know, knock it down, and uh, it'll come back.
3: And that's approaching us. Hurricane season is just ahead. we got that to look forward to. That's always something you don't... Yeah. that much about living on the coast man oh yeah yep that's a fact well I've, I've grown up on the
4: coast all my life you know right i grew up in port Arthur, so we we deal with them we deal with the storms you know and they will get you know we evacuated one year and uh got in that traffic trying to go east north oh, northeast man. and uh my dad said, that's it, never again.
3: <laughs> well, I made that call during Rita when we evacuated, and I went to my brother's farm in uh, Woodville. And because uh, the last forecast, that's when we just pulled the hammer and said, well, it's going to be a direct hit on on uh, Galveston, so uh, let's just go up to my brother's. And, well, that didn't turn out good because uh, it came in at Sabine and went right through there. Boy, what a mess. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That was, <laughs> not a oh, wise it's decision. It, uh, I went the wrong way. Hey, when all else fails, go to South Texas. I mean, seriously. There you go. Yeah. Just, just exactly. go to a ranch down there. If you've got a place you can stay, go that way because they usually don't curl. Once they come in no. ashore, they don't curl that way. They always That's you know, right. slide off to the east and northeast. Hold on, Lynn. Let That's- me knock this next break out. I'll come back and we'll talk some more, buddy. Hang with me. All right,
0: ma'am. All right man.
3: All right, All right, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about the Belleville Meat Market located right in downtown Belleville, just a short drive from Sealy off I-10 or Hempstead off 290. And uh, this week, the Belleville Meat Market's double featuring their double black pepper pecan smoked sausage and cheddar cheese pecan smoked sausage. You can try it before you buy it. They always have have free samples available there in their store for you to try first. And on special, seasoned chicken leg quarters, $1.19 a pound, fresh ground beef daily, $3.59 a pound, always when you buy 10 pounds or more. Buy it in bulk and save money. And their wild game processing, they're still making their vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. You can bring something home from your hunt. The whole family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville Meat Market is celebrating over 41 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name.
6: As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now, they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at hero.co. That's code H-E-R-O-10
5: for 10% off at hero.co. just do a quick search for tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be visit tecovas.com that's t-e-c-o-v-a-s.com and point your toes west
2: love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places well working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like t-mobile we have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
3: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, five thirty-seven. All right, let's go back and talk some more with Lynn Smith. All right, Lynn. Well, uh, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of videos and pictures of man, them buzzworms in South Texas. People are down there refilling feeders and just wrapping things up. And man, the snakes are bad this year.
4: I know it. I know it. You've been hearing the same yeah, thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, every time I turn around, boy, somebody sent me a picture of big rattlesnakes.
3: Big. And I ones. mean, I've seen some big ones this spring. I mean, some monsters.
4: Yeah. I know it. And uh, and you never see them when you're looking for them, you know? No. You always run across them when you're, when you're not looking for them. Gosh. Never fails. And, uh, gosh almighty, I mean, I, of course, I wear ray guards and... and uh, you know, snake leggings and all that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, you walk up on them like crazy. We had this young man helping us at the ranch one time, and, and um, he was from Canada. And uh, I told him, I said, uh, I gave him a twenty-two pistol, a rat shot. And I said, hey, you need to take this with you. You wear this pistol on your belt, and uh, you're going to be filling quail feeders and all that. And I said, uh, You need, you need to carry this with you. And uh, he said, what for? I said, well, you're going to run in some rattlesnakes, trust me. And uh, he said, well, we don't have snakes in Canada. I said, well, trust me, we do down here. <laughs> well, the first two weeks, I think he killed three. Uh, one of them had 18 rattles. Oh. And it was called up right by a quail feeder.
3: Yeah, that's where the food up. source is, man.
4: Oh, yeah. He was called up just waiting for waiting for lunch, you know. Get oh, a a
3: cottontail or a nice, fat, healthy quail. And, That's uh, right. They, uh, and they come out of hibernation, you know, and they're hungry. They're on the hunt.
4: Oh, you better know it.
3: You better know it. And, uh,
4: man, man, they're bad.
3: And around yes, around my area, you know, I look out for copperheads and uh, cottonmouths. Oh, Man, them old canebrake moxicans, what the old timers called them. Those, uh, no, oh, yeah. Water moxicans are mean, though. I mean, they'll come get they you. They are. You know, I'm glad a rattlesnake isn't like that. But, uh, and copperheads, yeah. they're just a lazy snake. And once they establish a spot and they're cold up, they're not going to move. They'll wait for you to step on them and then, then bite you. Or, oh, yeah. If you're pe- I hear more people getting bit by copperheads around here by cleaning flower beds or doing stuff. You know, if you've got a a wood pile and and uh, you're cooking or whatever, I remember one time I was doing three briskets at one time, and I keep a wood pile on my deck of pecan, and uh, I'm over there pulling those logs off and loading my firebox and all that, and I pulled the next one off, and right underneath it was about a you know 18 inch copperhead coiled up, just sitting there looking at me with his old red tongue coming out, feeling my heat, and uh, yeah. Well, I got the old rat shot out. He's he's no longer with us. Yeah,
4: yeah, that'll do a number on him.
3: Yeah, and I and I I worry about it. Like yesterday, I mowed and did things around the house. My little grandson, he's all running around the yard while I'm mowing and stuff, and and uh, I try to keep an eye out and uh, make sure there's not any snakes. That'd be terrible for a four-year-old to get bit by a copperhead or something. What a oh, nightmare! Because they don't know to look. I always tell him, "Hey, look out for snakes now." I know, Papa, oh, I know. My daddy tells me. So, at least uh-huh. he's aware of it.
4: Hmm, Well, I think I told you before that uh fellow that I worked for one year, he was building his house up on the north side of Houston and, and uh, on weekends, and he was uh, building it himself. He uh, he was working on his house up there, and he was about ready to go to bed, and he had a trailer up there. And... Uh, He said, oh, I forgot to close the gate. So he put on his house shoes, had a robe on, and he uh, walked down to the gate and shut the gate. And he turned around to walk back to his trailer Well, he stepped on a copperhead. Oh, no. And his copperhead bit him on the heel Well, he had on socks. And uh, that copperhead hung on those socks. Oh, no. And he said he shook him him off, but he (laughs) saw what it was, you know. Right. Well, he he called his neighbor and told him what happened. He said, I want you to drive me into, into the hospital there. I don't know how this is going to affect me. So he went into the hospital, and all the doctor did was give him a tetanus shot and, and uh, clean the wound and all that. And so anyway, he said he was, he was getting dressed, and the doctor was filling out the paperwork and all that. And the doctor turned around and he said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm getting dressed. I, I need to go back. i got a lot of work to do. And he said, no, man, you're going you're gonna to spend the night. And he said, no, he said, I got a lot of work to do. And the doctor just laughed. He said, no, the worst is yet to come. And he said, you need to spend the night. So he said, OK, but I God, I'm going home in the morning. And the doctor just smiled. He said, OK. All right. Well, he said the next day, his foot was like a basketball. Wow. And he spent six weeks on crutches. Six weeks. I've never seen anything like it.
3: Man, they didn't. He said that they, was the most. They didn't. He didn't get an anti-venom shot.
4: No, they didn't. Mm-mm. Huh? I don't I think so. They
3: just didn't have it, or what? I thought you. I don't I thought They always gave that uh, anti-venom.
4: I don't think so, but he said that was the most painful thing he ever went through.
3: They say the throb is unbelievable when it gets like that. You know, with all that swelling like that, it just it just throbs. There's just no way mm-hmm. for it to go away. There's no relief.
4: Oh, I can wow. imagine. But he said it was painful.
3: You know, I almost pulled one of those numbers one time. It was back, uh, I don't know, back in the drought days, 2011, 2012, somewhere through there, 2013, maybe, I don't know. But I had uh, water sprinklers going. And out by my water well, I had a hose coming off of that with a sprinkler on it, and then I had four others going, and and I got in the house, and, uh, you know, I said, oh, man, I forgot to turn the sprinklers off. And I'd already showered and was getting ready for bed and everything, so I just, uh, I was going to run out there barefoot. And I said, you know, I better get a flashlight. (laughs) Well, I got my little spotlight I carry, and I went and turned them off. After I turned the one off on the well, and was walking back to the house right in my pathway where I was going to walk. There was a big old giant copperhead coiled up right there by that sprinkler. I guess he came to that water, you know, in the dark. And, Mm -hmm. uh, if I hadn't had that spotlight with me, I would have stepped on that snake and then I'd been where your buddy was, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So so I ran to the house, got a gun, came back out and shot him and picked him up and threw him in the woods. And, uh, it just, you know, my first instinct was to just go out there and, and turn the sprinklers off in the dark with no flashlight or anything. And I said, no, nah, I better I better grab a light just right. in case. Well, yeah. Well, that well, was, was good in intuition. <laughs> it saved me some in, problems.
4: I was in the Boy Scouts one time. We were at summer camp in, up in East Texas, and, and uh, we were going to walk to the main camp dark you know we're just walking along the road white sandy road and uh somebody just told me hey you know you better turn the light on i turned the light on and and there were copperheads everywhere oh, on that road
3: Lord. coming out to that warm everywhere. road
4: man they were just migrating across that road
3: well that ain't good no no but they, you know, some copperheads, I've, that one I killed that night, that was a big, fat one. It It had to be two feet long. I mean, that was an old snake. It had been around a while. Had a big old, I mean, they're so beautiful, the colors on them and the markings. Boy, they will hurt you. The one thing I've never killed around my place is a uh, coral mm-hmm. snake, and I hear a lot of it out there. I think we just lost him. See if you can get him back uh I heard the heard the pop. How about that? Well, that hadn't happened in a while. But uh you know, coral snakes are you know, and they the fear of getting bit by them, they're just they're really kind of lethargic, I don't think, uh well they're not a snake that'll strike you like, you know, a copperhead or a rattlesnake or water moccasin. and you know, the snakes that we hear about around here. And uh I've had uh I've had big coach whips scare me more than anything. Boy, they just uh, – <laughs> and they'll strike at you too. But, uh, you know, a lot of people call them black racers. All right, Lynn, did you come back? <laughs> yes. I don't know what yes. happened. That hadn't happened in a while. but uh, Yeah. Yeah. And it's that time of year. People need to be aware of these snakes this time, you know, with all the yard work going on and gardening and everything oh, else. Oh, absolutely. And around your boat docks, and you know things early in the morning in the dark. I mean, especially down your way with rattlesnakes like they are in Port O'Connor.
4: Oh yeah, I don't uh, I don't walk outside without looking down, you know. And no, I remember that story you
3: told me about that. Uh, you know that ice machine with that bucket, and that snake was under that bucket. That oh point. yeah, that'll well look at Charlie. You know, he keeps his boat in a the sling yep. there at the harbor and he had that rattlesnake <laughs> under the console. I can't yeah, believe he I didn't get bit.
4: I know it. I know it. Oh, I tell you, boy. Yeah, you know, you, no, in this area, uh, you gotta be conscious of the fact that they're around. You know, yes. you just have to you have to be ready. You'll be constantly looking all the time.
3: Y'all still got a lot of turkeys there around Port O'Connor?
4: Oh oh yeah. Mm hmm.
3: I remember we were doing yeah. a weigh in at the uh at the new community building one evening and that field out behind it, there must have been a hundred turkeys out in that field.
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Well I'm probably exaggerating, more like probably fifty, but it looked like a hundred. I'm going to meet you. That's something you don't see every day. We got <laughs> three hundred people here to weigh in in the whole field behind the buildings, all turkeys.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a pretty
3: sight. Pretty sight. Well like you you go to Mansfield, all the deer just, you know, walk up and eat out of your hands down there in Mansfield.
4: Oh Oh, yeah. Yep, you never get tired of seeing wildlife.
3: Mm -mm. No? No. you don't. You never get tired of it.
4: (laughs) Yep. That's true. That's true.
3: Yep. Well, what kind uh, of year it, you think y'all are going to have?
4: I think it might be a good year. Uh, you know, we had a we had a lot of undersized trout last year, and uh, so I think uh, I think those undersized trout are going to be a lot bigger this year. So I think uh, I think we'll have a good year. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I hope it will be.
3: I certainly hope so. Asked if this was king snake territory. I said, well, it is for other species, but uh not for the blue indigo. those are down south in South Texas, yeah, those were originally brought in here from uh what country did they bring them from was it Africa or somewhere or Australia I think south america I or south it. maybe south america yeah they were they were imported here to uh kill poisonous snakes, you know to eat rattlesnakes, yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, they do a fine job. I was down in Kingsville, outside of Kingsville, dove hunting one day with a friend of mine. And, and uh, we were walking in a, a big field full of goat weeds. And uh, he hollered at me. He said, come here, you gotta see this. And, and I, I walked over there, and there was a, a badger hole out in the middle of that field. And uh, there was a big blue indigo on top of that hole. And he had about a three-foot rattlesnake half-swallowed. And uh, evidently, he'd gone down in that hole and got him a rattlesnake and pulled it out of there. And he was laying on top of that hole, uh, swallowing that rattlesnake.
3: Isn't that something?
4: Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. What a sight. What a sight.
3: I've seen some big ones. Blaine had a big one living around the lodge there for a long time. It was a, it was a heart attack snake. You know, you're just not used to seeing something that big and long and and massive. Oh yeah. Slithering around, those things will. Oh, give they'll you make a you heart hurt tag, buddy.
4: <laughs>
3: they'll make you hurt yourself. Yeah. Or and they're beautiful too. They are. You know, in the sun, and they're all lit up. Uh, yeah i uh, I videoed
4: one uh, this this year this year down in uh, Freer. I was sitting up in a deer stand and. And uh, I happened to look to my left, and there was a cindera came out to my left, and I saw something shiny on the edge of the cindera. And I thought, you know, somebody's dropped a water bottle on the edge of that cindera. Well, all of a sudden, that shiny thing started moving. And I went, what in the world? (laughs) Well, it was a big blue indigo. And that blue indigo started easing across that cindera. And evidently, he was full of a rattlesnake. He must have had him a big rattlesnake in him, right, and he started coming across that cindera toward me, and I videoed him, and uh he's just easing across that cindera and uh and he was a big blue indigo, man, but uh, he just took his time coming on across, but uh, the I
3: just biggest said, one I ever on. saw was up in uh Haines, you know up there in hondo, a buddy of mine he had a him and his dad had a had a lease there for 40-plus years or whatever. Nice place, man. And uh, they called it the Bushwhack Ranch. But the biggest one, we were coming in from hunting in a Jeep after a morning hunt, and he had a little Y where you could go either way to get up to the house. And in that Y was like a little bitty mot there. And this blue indigo, I don't know how long it was. It was 12-plus. 12, 12 it was a monster. That thing uh, went into the hole right there on at the edge of that mot and he went in that hole forever. I said, how much snake was that? That was crazy. That was the biggest one I've ever seen.
4: Man. Man, oh man. Well I tell he you
3: what, some, I'll stop had traffic. Had some girth on him too, buddy. He was he was as big around as he was long. It was a giant snake.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll stop traffic. I'll I'll stop and let let him go by.
3: Yeah. Yeah, don't run over those. Those are good snakes. Kind of like you no. know our our all different uh, varieties of king snakes we have over in this area. You know, banded king snakes and you know all that. They all eat rats and poisonous snakes, and they're good to have. A lot they're of people call them chicken snakes. They will raid your chicken coop and, and eat your eggs. Yeah. Or your chickens? <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh yeah now well, yeah you better know it better know it
3: well, i hope <clears> y'all <throat> have a good year down there this year i hope everybody does it's uh i hope so too
4: i hope the trout really turn on and and uh it happens but uh, i know
3: last year it was
4: tough it was tough on trout
3: yes it was that uh you know certain areas that got hit i guess they had so many fish that uh even if they lost half their fish they still had plenty afterwards you know yeah. But we well, seen the red before. Fish saved it. Yeah, red the redfish red will always save the day. They're so hardy.
4: Yep. Yep.
3: But I remember And when, the redfish
4: uh, the redfish are you know, you can't hardly kill them with a hammer, so you know, they they save the day. And uh so I think I think we'll have a good year. I hope the hope the trout really perk up and
3: we'll get a rebound. Yeah.
4: They'll they'll rebound.
3: Yeah. Just takes time. Takes a while to grow yep. them. Yep. Well, anyway. Well, Lynn, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad you're back. Uh, listeners missed uh, our conversations the last two weeks. They were all texting me, Where's Lynn? Where's Lynn? I said, He's on vacation. <laughs> He's out of the country.
4: Well, I'm back in paradise, man.
3: He was on the back burner. All right, buddy. Well, hey, if somebody wants to call you about coming down and fishing with you this year, how do they get a hold of you, Lynn?
4: Yes, sir, man. They can reach me at 361 935 6833.
3: All right, buddy. Lynn, have a good Sunday. I'll talk to you next week. Be safe, buddy. Catch them up. Alrighty. All righty. Yeah, all right. See you, man. Me. All right. Thank Bye. you, Lynn. Later. All right. That's Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor. It's time for our top of the hour break, national anthem, and all that. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right
2: back.